You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Picks.com, completely free to sign up. Sign up today. Best bets. Myself, Ricky, Donnie, Mustache MMA, and of course the Steady Picks system plays. So be sure to sign up today. It's completely free. The new website has launched. How about that? The new website is live uh, for you all to check out. The data part is still being uh, loaded in, but the layout is there. So go over and check it out. I think it came out really really good like incredibly good um so so happy to have that live the baseball data will probably be the first thing that gets uploaded there um and that is close to being done i'm almost ready to send that in um probably over the weekend and then monday it will be live is is my best guess for that but um check it out it's really really cool um, the new website. So head on over steadypicks.com and take a look. All the sports are broken down uh, onto their own pages. So now if you're just curious about the NFL or you're just curious about baseball, you have a whole landing page, if you will, for just that, which I think is a really cool uh, update and a cool feature. So like I said, go over, check it out. Uh, also some housekeeping. Ricky um, has no longer been on this show, as you've obviously noticed. He is doing um, Ranting with Ricky a few times a week and can't recommend that show enough. It's going to be a really fun show, something different, something he's been really excited about doing for quite a while. And uh, it, it's going to be you know, 15, 20-minute episodes, a little more playful and fun than maybe this show is. Um he just posted one, what, yesterday or the day before maybe with a um, with a beach review. He, he loves to go to the beach, so he's going to review some beaches uh, for a few minutes in, in some of the episodes. So stay tuned for that. He has the first one out, Ocean City, New Jersey, which uh, I personally love. I think he was a little harsh on harsh on it, to be honest. We got a 21 and a half out of 30. That's uh that's pretty low. That's pretty low. Um I'll talk to him about that. I think that was an unfair, unfair rating there for Ocean City, but hey, it's his scale, not mine. Um also other things on that show. He'll still be doing bets. NBA, he's in full swing as we wind down the season after that. 
He'll probably have some good UFC stuff. I'm sure he'll do a little baseball, but a uh, really fun little show that he's going to have put together with some cool guests that he's got planned and lined up. Um, so be sure to listen to that one as well to kind of get your your fix for Ricky, but it's going to be a really, really fun and interesting little show and take on on Steady Picks and what we do here and a little bit different than what I do on this show every morning. Um, so what are we going to do today? What do we got on tap for today? A little bit of baseball, a little bit of tennis, of course. We'll talk about the French Open. Um, I'll post those this morning as soon as the show ends. If you're curious for Twitter, it's at SteadyPicks underscore Tom is the new Twitter handle. Same account, but change up the handle. SteadyPicks underscore Tom. Check that out. Um, I will post the tennis plays over there this morning when the show is over. A couple of plays. I got a two-pack of picks, two dogs. Uh, after yesterday, we kind of get crushed yesterday. Um, not a whole lot went went our way. We had some good opportunities, right? The the Some of the matches were close, but... Couldn't quite get it done. Sloan Stevens wins as a dog. Siniakova, Lynette loses. Andrescu unfortunately loses. That was a tough one. Uh, Haddad Maya loses as well. And Emma Raducanu loses. And after the first set in her match, I was watching that one yesterday morning after the show. And after the first set, she won 6-2. You're like, okay, this is the Emma Raducanu that that we were looking for. She drops the second set pretty badly and then kind of gets in her own way a bit and gets overwhelmed and starts to get upset and not very confident. The confidence wasn't oozing off of her as you may uh, expect it to. And she loses to Sasnovich, who played really, really good tennis. Baseball, the... Mariners lose the game outright. They don't get it done. And um, which it's disappointing. And some of the stuff for baseball I want to go over today is a little bit of the data stuff. And I've been trying to figure out why baseball has been so difficult this year. I've been trying to solve the puzzle. And I think a lot of people bet baseball are a little bit stunned and shocked right now because this is generally the time where we do the best right we've got some data for the season we've got the data obviously from last year we got the updated projection stuff that we mix in and you look at all of that and you're like okay i like where we're at here but unfortunately it just something about baseball this year with the scoring being down, hard hit percentages aren't as important as they used to be for pitchers because the hard hits aren't getting out of the park for home runs and they're not turning into big, big hits. So I think that's maybe part of it. Hard hit rate and hard hits per nine is really a metric that I love to use. 
And I think it's kind of leading us in the wrong direction sometimes just because it's not as important when the ball's not flying out. Like the years where we had the juice balls, hard hit rate was everything, right? If you had a high hard hit rate, you were in trouble. This year doesn't feel like that's the case. So we'll get into some of that. NBA, the Celtics win last night 93-80. to The Miami Heat look up abysmal again they score 80 points in the game and we've always said this on this show we've said it for months and months um ever since we even started the show really that if you could give me one stat line to pick the winner of every game after the game it's the three-point shooting and percentage that's all i need to know The Miami Heat, in this particular game, shoot 7 for 45 from 3. That's 15%. Boston Celtics, on the other hand, 10 for 33, 30%. So not even a great shooting night for the Celtics, but 7 for 45. That's 15%. That's unbelievable. You won't win many NBA games shooting that kind of, at that kind of rate. Jimmy Butler, 40 minutes, 13 points, four for 18, six rebounds. Really feels like he's struggling mightily right now. Bam Adebayo, 18 and 10. P.J. Tucker plays 31 minutes, has seven points, 11 rebounds. And probably the biggest standout of all, which I truly believe this guy is hurting them, is Kyle Lowry. 24 minutes, no points, 0 for 6 from the field, and 1 rebound. Please tell me how you're going to contribute to an NBA team in 24 minutes with no points and 1 rebound. You're basically, and he's not really a defender, so he's essentially useless. Max Struess, four points, 0 for 9 from the field, and two rebounds. Again, you're just not going to win many games playing like that. It's just not going to happen. Duncan Robinson, 11 points. Vincent, 15. Aladipo's 0 for 3 from 3 with three points. Like You look up and down this the stat sheet, and you just get just really worried about the about the heat. I believe this series will be over in the next game, and we'll probably try to get involved in that one. Um, in some way, the Celtics are minus nine nine point favorites at home on Friday to close out the series. Nine points that's a bit steep. In the series tonight, though, we do have a play. We'll start with the NBA and get this, get this done. We'll start in the NBA. I'm playing the Mavericks tonight. I'm playing the Mavericks tonight. Plus seven is the number. I think they can make this potentially still an interesting series. Golden State Warriors like to play with their food a little bit. So I feel like they maybe the, the Mavericks can make this game interesting as well on the road. 
Seven points is the number. I just feel like that's a bit steep. So I'll look to play the Mavericks. It's seven pretty much everywhere. So I'll go ahead and play that. When we look at the NBA, one of my favorite sites to kind of look at some some information is Cleaning the Glass. Um, it's just cleaningtheglass.com. Would highly recommend you look at this. I know the season's almost winding down, but next year, keep this website, bookmark this, keep it in mind. But it's just a really, really good breakdown of all the teams on so many different um, categories and levels. You can also get into some player data here as well with the Raptor ratings, which are really cool. But you look at Boston points per 100 possession and what that looks like, they are just so good. Best offensive team left in the playoffs. Best defensive team left in the playoffs. The only team that had better adjusted numbers than them was the Milwaukee Bucks in the last two weeks when the Bucks were still alive. So, tonight though, Dallas Mavericks, plus seven. That's where we're going to go. Over on tennis, two plays today. Two plays today, two plays tomorrow. We've already kind of got the picks lined up for tomorrow too. So I'll give them as well. We'll talk about them a little bit more tomorrow, but I'll give them so we can hopefully beat the line a little bit with those two. The two bets today, though, two pretty big dogs. Anna Kalanina against Jesse Pagula, plus 155. This line really just makes no sense. There's no there's no reason Pagula is favored by so much. Kalanina is closing right now. The match is about to start. She closed at like 135. Um, so keep an eye on that this morning. If you hear this early enough, you can maybe... Look to get involved in, in some live capacity if if maybe she doesn't start red hot. But the price on that just made no sense. Annalena Kalanina, 155. I would still play 135. I think she should be, it should be a coin flip. That's what the numbers say. Second play is an even bigger dog. Elise Cornette against Yelena Ostapenko. Now, this one pains me a bit to, to play because I do love Ostapenko. But when you look at the data, you look at the hard, the clay court numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, it really just makes no sense. Ostapenko has struggled mightily lately. She's not in the best form right now. Cornette hasn't played a lot of, matches lately but I do think her numbers especially at Roland Garros when you look at how she's performed here plus 175 is most certainly a plus EV bet on Elise Cornate so we got two pretty big dogs we'll look for one of them to get home for a profitable day if both get home 
It's a monster day. Um, but so far, the French, we've been we've been pretty good. That one's not till this afternoon, so you'll have plenty of time to get involved in that. Um, if I look at the prices, 175 is about where you can still get it. If you're into the sort of thing to play, you know, games or plus, a, you know, a, a set and a half, some kind of other handicap on that, I think those are strong plays as well. I want her to go to win outright. Plus 180. Plus 175, excuse me. On Cornet. The French Open so far has been pretty good to us. Yesterday was really our only losing day, and that was on uh, you know Wednesday. The tournament started over the weekend, so we've had a few winning days in a row here at the French, and um, yesterday being a bit of a losing day for us, but we're still in the green as far as the French Open as a whole goes. So we'll look to add to that today. A lot of the matches today were pretty uninteresting. If you just look up and down the board, a lot of big favorites, a lot of dogs that I don't believe have a chance. Camille Giorgi, I don't believe she has a chance to win her match against Yulia Putintseva. Sabalenka, a big favorite. Iga Swatek. Obviously a big favorite. There wasn't really any other matches that I thought, wow, this might be one to get involved. Arena Camille Bagu is playing right now against Ekaterina Alexandrova. Bagu was almost a play, but just at 145, but just... Didn't want to force anything. Kai Yuvan is a big dog against Paul Bedosa. I almost took something to do with Yuvan plus the, the games or the set line or betting her to win a set. We've done that in the past. But ultimately decided to stay away from all of those and just go with the two plays. Annalena Kalanina, who we got some good line movement on. You may be able to get involved with live in some capacity. And later today, Elise Cornate, plus 175. If I flip to tomorrow, let me see if I can find what we have lined up for tomorrow. Quickly, I don't know where where my bets went. I just didn't load them into the uh, load them into the tracker yet. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Tomorrow is much more interesting. There's a lot more interesting uh, matches going on. Uh, Pakula is already going to be up a break here. She's up, uh, well. Yeah, Kalanina, 15-40 in the very second game, her first serve. So we'll see how that goes. Like I said, we got the big dogs. You can't always expect them to come through, but we'll we'll see what we can do. We'll talk about the plays for tomorrow. Tomorrow. At 
has. It's taken me a few minutes to pull it up here, and I don't want to bore everybody with me just looking around to see where I place this. And this is why it's so important to um, to track your plays. I know I'm not making a good example of it here, but I'm very good at tracking my plays. But this is why it's so important because you, you sit here with all these accounts open at all these different places and you can't even find where you bet something. So it's just so important to track your plays right after you bet them every single time so that you can know what you're what you bet, but also just to be able to track it for all the other reasons. Betstamp's a great tool for that. Um, and the tennis coverage for on Betstamp for the French has been very good. The lines are up. The matchups are on the correct days and times and and all that. So it's been um, easy to use Betstamp now. As opposed to some of the other smaller tournaments, it's a little bit tough to... I don't want to say tough to use. They just don't have all the, the data for it all the time, necessarily. Okay. Let's move into baseball. Baseball for today. Um, baseball's been tough, man. It's been really, really tough. We look at baseball today... Anything that stands out, Michael Waka is going again against Dallas Keuchel. Maybe we're just flat out wrong against um, against Waka this year. Maybe he's actually got something. Boston's a dog in this matchup against the White Sox, and I can't believe I'm I may or may not say this, but we may be backing Michael Waka tonight. He really might be. Against Dallas Keuchel. Can't believe I'm saying it, but I think we're going to do it at plus, plus 100, I think, is a good, good price to get involved in the in the Red Sox. Um, the best line available outside of, you know, Circa and Pinnacle, which I just keep track of to... Help keep track of the market, right? I just like to know where they're at, even though I can't bet into Circa and I don't bet into Pinnacle. It's just nice to kind of have that. Um, the best price on the Red Sox right now is at BetMGM at minus 105. So we're going to go ahead and play that as well. We're going to make this bet here while we're on. 105 is the best number. We'll go ahead and get involved in that for a unit on the Red Sox. I cannot believe Ricky would be dying right now if he heard me making a bet on Michael Walker. We'll see if he listens to the show today and says something, but he will be wildly disappointed in me after all the, the crap I've talked on Michael Walker over the years here on this show. And just in general, since he's been in the MLB, I've never been a fan of him. But sometimes he can't be too arrogant to admit that maybe I was wrong about a guy. 
I still think his advanced numbers show that maybe he's due for a bit of regression. But again, because the hard hit percentages aren't as important right now, it doesn't feel like players are catching up to what the advanced stats say as quickly. So just something to keep in mind as we kind of go through this. Um, So we've got Boston. The other games that I think are interesting that that I want to look at, somebody like the Phillies and Aaron Nola against Kyle Wright and the Braves. The Phillies are a dog in this one, plus 100, plus 108 at FanDuel. Um, I think Aaron Nola, he's been one of the least profitable pitchers this year. Like just win-loss units. He's been a top five least profitable pitcher. But I think it's a very unfair assessment of him to kind of look at that. Because you look at some of these other stats and, and you feel like he's actually having a good season. Numbers-wise. Much better than he maybe ought to. And so I think it's a good buy-low kind of spot on the Phillies with Nola, where they're not getting a lot of respect on this. His numbers are much better than Kyle Wright's. Obviously, the, the Phillies bullpen does struggle, but when you have a guy like Nola, you hope he can get you deep in the game. They're better at hitting right-handed batters. Weighted runs created plus. Woba, Babip. And this is one of those things, too. The Phillies' Babip against right-handers is sixth in the MLB right now. 296 is what they their Babip against, against right-handers. That's good for sixth in the league. Now, if you had told me that before, I might not have believed you. Because the way the Phillies have played is just so bad. You wonder if that can be possible. But it's okay. We're going to take the Phillies tonight. And we're going to go on to FanDuel and make sure that that line is real. Because if that is, that's going to be a really good... um, it's going to be a really good spot to kind of take them. Um, it's a better price than most of the market, and if we can, if we can jump in on that, we'll be in a good spot. So we'll check and see if that if that price is still accurate and available. And it looks like it is plus one hundred eight. So that's where we'll go ahead and uh, and jump in on the Phillies plus one hundred eight. How about it? Really, I'm trying to slow down a little bit and really control what it is that I'm betting on, and just take a second look at it because I think that's where we're at right now. It's just slow down a bit and try to look at this a little bit differently. So locking in the Phillies, plus 108, it's a great number. 
go ahead and lock that in. Other matchups today that stand out, there's not much, right? Like, I don't think there's a whole lot that really jumps off the page at me um, right now. Devin Smelter, Smeltzer for the Twins, he looks particularly good. His strikeout rate is really low, but again, I don't know how much it matters. When the ball's not going out of the park with home runs and, and, and whatnot, I don't know how much it really matters. It kind of doesn't matter. I shouldn't say that. It certainly matters, but you just look at it as a whole and I just don't know. Neil Payne wrote a really nice piece on 538.com about the number of home runs, what's driving that, kind of how it's affecting the league and and all this other stuff. And it's a really, really interesting um, little article. 538, if you don't know, probably one of the best little like data websites that, that have writers for it. Um, that you can find is really, really interesting stuff that they that they get posted on there. Um, interesting deep dives from different people that kind of break down just random things across sports: tennis, baseball, basketball. They, you know, highly driven by data. It can be a little dry to listen to or to read at at some points because they can get pretty long and it's a little bit dry, but um, I do think it's a really cool place. This is written by Neil Payne. Um, Neil Payne is the writer of this one. He writes all kinds of stuff. It's at Neil underscore Payne on, on Twitter if you want to find him. He's done some work with Sports Reference and elsewhere, which is great. It's one of our favorite sites for, for pulling numbers. And he has it just to what I'm speaking about and to maybe why we're struggling. He has a, a part of the article that's called Balls are being hit hard, but they're not leaving the yard. The probability of a fly ball becoming a home run by exit velocity through uh, the 22nd, which is when he wrote this, versus the same data range from 2017 to 2021. Obviously, excluding 2020, where there were no games. A fly ball hit between 100 and 105 miles per hour had a 45% chance of leaving the ballpark, peaking at 52% in 2017. Now, that rate is down to just 34%. The same is true for every grouping of 5 mile per hour increments Excuse me, in the table above. Balls hit with the same amount of power according to StatCast have a smaller chance of turning into home runs, sometimes significantly so. So we look at the chart here and you look at the amount of fly balls and you look at these percentages and it is alarming. 110 miles an hour or higher exit velocity. This is all stat cast data. So this is all available. Baseball Savant is kind of the, the housing place for that. So we use that data as well in the model, but they can track exit velocities, launch angles, et cetera. 
110 miles an hour um, or higher in historically in those few seasons, 95.9% home run. This year, 93%. Exit velocity, 105 to 110. 73% this season, 80.6% in the previous four, four seasons, but excluding 2020, so three seasons of data. There are all these pieces written where you just sit here and you say, I can't believe people think that the baseball is not different. Because it has to be different. And what's different? The MLB says it's not. The pitchers say they're get you know, that every ball feels a little bit different. They don't know what's going on. It's a weird time to bet baseball. And normally, you know, the uncertainty of things is good for numbers people like us. Right? We're able to capitalize on randomness or variance. That's what we want. But this is just this is just out of control. And again, we talk about the metrics we use to evaluate some of the pitching. And it's no wonder that the hard hit rate isn't translating into home runs and a high ERA and giving up runs. Right? It all makes sense. So how do we fix it? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm not sure what metric is the one to to use to better evaluate pitchers. Right now, I'm kind of at a crossroads. I've been reaching out to some people that I know that also model baseball to see if we can get some sort of clarity or if they're willing to share anything with me. You know, I talk about this a lot too, but other people on Twitter and, and whatever, they're your friends, man. If you can offer them something interesting that you found, they'll often give you something interesting that they found. That's kind of how it works. And if you can kind of piece the puzzle together by talking to five or ten different people, you'll get a better idea of what that looks like. Like, I know a lot of people before the season, they'll go around and they'll ask beat writers, hey, how's it looking? How's, uh, how's Aaron Nolan looking this year? In train, does he look happy? Does he look healthy? Does he walk around? Is he eating three bags of uh, McDonald's before the games, right? Like, what's he doing? So kind of in that same vein, it's really beneficial to go and try and network with other people who bet baseball and just see what, what are you seeing? Hey, I read this on 538. Really interesting stuff. I think that it's affecting the way I handicap pitchers because I'm using hard hit rate as a metric and it's not as important because hard hit rates are not translating into home runs. What do you think about that? If you offer something a little bit insightful like that, you'll get an answer back every single time. They break this down. This article goes on and on and on. They break it down really, really nicely. The biggest, when they switch it to like a two mile per hour increment, 112 to 114, that's the biggest drop off. Um, Well, it's actually not the biggest drop off. The biggest is 104 to 106 exit velocity with 11 
oh, pretty much 12% difference between the previous years that we spoke about and this year. And again, more balls happen at that one. Like you can look at the 112 to 114 data. That's all great, but not that many balls get hit out at 112 miles an hour exit velocity. That's a, you absolutely mash the ball. But that 102, 104, 100 to 102, all those areas are actually more common. And because the rate is down on those, that's how this all kind of translates into one thing. Um, so, yeah. 538, take a look. They also have team rankings. We'll just look at quickly here. Um, I think it's really cool. They actually do have uh, just pitcher ratings as a whole um, in here, but they also have this nice little chart. I love this chart. Um, can't really use it to, you know, throw in the model and, and find anything out, but it's really cool. They have it broken out by team, and then all of the pitchers for a team are on this chart from bad to good with the division average line in the middle. So you look at like the Yankees, for example, and their whole starting five is above the league, the division average line. Montgomery, Italian, Severino, Cortez, well, Severino, obviously not a starter. And Garrett Cole being the best for them. Really, really cool uh, way to look at this. So if you just take a glance at this, you can say, okay, the worst pitching teams right now, it's very clear. It's the Nationals and the Pirates are the worst pitching teams. Then maybe followed by the Orioles and the Royals. But it just gives you a really nice quick look indicator of, hey, how good are these teams pitching? How are they? Um, so, anyway. Sorry I got on my soapbox here. About baseball. I just find what's happening so interesting and so just we have to talk about it. and We haven't done it enough justice lately. And uh, I think... We have to. So 538 also does. Um, they also have like game projections that they put on here. And again, they use sort of like an ELO rating scale for a lot of the, the predictions that they make. Um, if you're unfamiliar with ELO ratings, I won't have time to explain them to you today, but it's a really cool way of ranking different teams. It's more useful in something like tennis for those interested in a sneak peek behind the curtain of some of what we do for tennis. It's really good to compare players and teams that don't necessarily face each other that often in a big league where there's, you know, 150 players. How do I compare all of these players? But it does work for baseball, too. Essentially, the way it works is you're assigned a rating to start the season. 
And as you win and lose against different teams with different ratings, it adjusts how many points on your rating you gain or lose. So if you beat one of the better teams in the league, you get more points than if you beat a bad team. And this adjusts for all sorts of things. The recent, well, the recency bias generally, I don't know about 538s, but generally it accounts for, you know, a little heavier for the most recent games. That sort of thing, home, away, it adjusts for all these different things. They actually have this, um, which is pretty cool with the starting pitcher adjustment. So with those starting pitcher ratings that they have, they go ahead and add or subtract points for how this pitcher affects the team. So you look at somebody like Corbin Burns, who's been pretty darn bad. I'm not Corbin Burns, uh, Patrick Corbin, rather. I apologize. He's worth minus 11 to the starting pitcher, or to the team's rating. Pilkington, for the Guardians, minus 23. Yikes. They adjust for home, home travel, rest, and home field advantage. They have the final team rating, and then they give you a percentage chance to win. Let's see what they say about our picks. It's not This is not something I look at every single day. Uh, Aaron Nola... They give a plus 7 to the Phillies rating. Right is a minus 17. Big home field and rest advantage for the Braves. They give the Phillies a 47% chance to win. And we bet this at 108. That should be right about where we want it to be. It's probably pretty close to on market with that. The other game we bet is the Red Sox, they give them a 52% chance. We bet them at minus 105. That should be plenty good. Or a positive expected value bet according to 538. Just barely, but that will be. Um, Tonight, anyway, the biggest kind of... One of the most interesting ones is Shohei Otani. Plus 25, he's worth to the Angels for the pitching adjustment. I wonder what their price is tonight. They give them a 58% chance to win. They are minus 146. Can't do that quick math in my head. That's probably roughly about right. Um, and you can do that calculation. There's plenty of sites that have implied probability. Um, Calculators that you could punch in, you know, 58%. What should that line, what's the fair line on that? And that's essentially what you're doing with any of these handicapping strategies is, okay, I make this line this. What percentage is that? What percentage does the book say? What's the difference? Is it a play or not? Pretty straightforward stuff. That's going to do it for us here today. Can we get a quick update on... uh do we dare get a quick update on Kalanina against Jesse Pagul? I didn't like the way that that, uh, that set started. Let's just take a peek and make sure we're not uh, 
Okay, Jesse Pagula won 6-1 in the first set out. And Alina Kalanina is getting a train ran over her right now. Good. Well, you dodged a bullet, folks. You don't have to suffer the pain with me on Kalanina. Jeez. She's already broken Kalanina in the second set. She's up 1-0 with the serve. Up a set, up a break. Not a good place to be. Um, that's okay, though. It's a big dog. You got to take a shot sometimes. We'll get the second one home tonight. Later this afternoon, rather. Steady Picks Radio. Wake up and wager. Thank you so much for listening today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy some tennis and baseball. Talk to you tomorrow morning.